Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Welcome to Wednesday Wins. We're talking all about the wins and successes and uh, failures in part of our, our guests today, but also actions you can take to get started on your journey or level up kind of where you're at in your investing journey. Uh, so we're super excited to bring you that that content. Don't forget to jump on social media and reach out to us, Investories Pod, uh, on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel link in the comments uh below and uh yeah you know let us know how you're winning today how things are going and uh if you're like to make an offer that works for both of you and i wanted to dive into the the offer a little bit more if i could which is so i i'm kind of looking at seller financing deals and and that's obviously something everyone's running to at the moment with the crazy interest rates do you only look at properties that have zero debt on them or do you look at taking over debt or paying off debt or moving it? What does that look like? Most of mine have debt and most of mine have very little equity. That's actually a great niche to chase because they don't have the room to sell with a realtor or to wait or to demand a really large down payment. So Little equity, low equity houses are the perfect creative financing deal because you can probably take it over for what they owe for the rest of the life of their loan and no down payment. Now, are we are we discussing more along the lines of, I don't know if you're familiar with Subject 2? Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, so Subject 2, I call it a wrap mortgage. It's very similar. Um, a wrap mortgage, though, there might be a little bit of equity and then you're also just making sure the seller's protected with a promissory note in a mortgage but those two are pretty much interchangeable gotcha and are these the ones that are the long term for you so these are the ones you're shooting for 25 years on you want you want to get the rest of the terms that are loaned to take advantage of what the interest rate was that they had correct Exactly, yeah. I've really started pivoting to, instead of negotiating 5-10 years if you have no equity anyways can I just have the rest of your loan Oh yeah that's great can can you talk us through an example of that like how the numbers work yeah Yeah, i'll talk you through the example i have from yesterday and this was one that um i had to get a little creative because i put it under contract she was going to have like fifteen thousand dollars of equity and i initially was going to fix it up and sell it so i negotiated just the one-year term then i found out okay it needs maybe about ten thousand dollars of sewer um repairs and part of her loan was a down payment assistance that would probably have to be paid back. So pretty quickly, she went to having ten, fifteen thousand of equity to negative equity. So what I told her is, I'm still willing to do this deal if I can get the rest of your the life of your loan. What I don't know at closing is if you're gonna have to pay that four thousand um, dollar down payment assistance back. I'm willing to take that chance if you give me the 25 years. So if you give me the 25 years and you have to pay it at closing, I'll cover it. If you don't have to pay it back, great. You're 
you're in a better position and I assume that $4,000 loan, if that makes sense. So I went from looking at it from a fix and flip, very short term to, okay, I'm going to make this 25 years, 3.6% mortgage. I want that. I'm just going to put in the minimum of the property and it'll still be a great rental. Love it. That's fantastic. I like the, the, the creative thought process that you put into this because a lot of people really do shy away from creative financing if there's a loan on the property. Myself did the exact same thing for years and years and years where it was like, I'd, I'd pitch seller financing. No, I have a loan. I have to get paid off. I'm like, okay, thanks. Goodbye. And, <laughs> you know, I can't imagine the number of deals that I passed on in the past for that reason. So yeah, um, we'd like to pivot a little bit into wins. You know, we, we love to hear success stories. We'd love to hear not so successful stories as well. Um, give us an example of one of each, if you could. Where, what, maybe one deal that you just knocked it out of the park and you wish you could recreate it a hundred times, and maybe one that you wished you hadn't even done one time, because everybody's got one. <laughs> yeah. So one deal I knocked out of the park. We bought an eight unit, so two fourplexes right next to each other. That's the one I did all midterm rentals. Um, and we DIY'd the whole thing. When I put it under contract, I didn't even know how to analyze multifamily, but I knew it was a good deal. And I also didn't have the money to buy it, but I knew I'd find the money. So that ended up being about a nine month project. We did fantastic. It was a perfect burr, still cash flows, um, really well. And we still have it. So that was super exciting. Cause that was like definitely a, a next step in my real estate investing. It was very scary at the time. Looking back, I'm like, oh, I could do that a hundred times. Um, so yeah, that would probably be a win. If, if I could maybe just even dig into that just a little bit. You said that you didn't have the money. So how did you buy it? So I bought it with a bank loan and had private money for the down payment and rehab. And the way that I was able to get the proof of funds was because I had private money for a different project in my bank account at the time. So it was, it was divine timing a little bit. Um, and I had already had an established relationship with this lender. We were, I mean, I'd already bought probably six, seven houses with them. So they trusted me and I just made sure I had a ton of, um, wiggle room in all of my numbers and then we refinanced, paid off the original note, the private money, and the rehab, and now have we own it 100% just us, but there is more debt on the property than if we had put our own money into it. And do you have any of those deals that I, t- that I was talking about where maybe you shouldn't have done that or you, sh- you would have done it completely differently if you had a chance to do it over? Absolutely. So... One, I have two. One has still worked out, but I'm just waiting for it to like and not. I accidentally bought a property in an area that was not very nice because I was confused on there. There's two roads that it is very is night and day, and I was one road off. <laughs> and I bought it creative financing, no money down. Actually, I think I put like three grand down to catch this guy's mortgage up, and I put to rent to own tenant in there. And he gave me a good down payment, and he's been in there for over a year. The last couple of months, he got really behind, and I was really nervous it was going to be my first eviction. And with it being a rent-to-own, I figured it would be a super long eviction, and I was just waiting for it to go into the toilet. Um, luckily, he paid up, and we'll see if he's able to stay paid up. So that one, I'm, I'm waiting. It's like on the brink of being a bad deal, but so far it's been fine. So you, you purchased this one, sorry to interrupt you, but you, you purchased this one on a seller financing deal and then you lease optioned 
to somebody yes. immediately upon closing. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and then you took a, an option fee at the beginning when you put that that yeah. tenant in there. And so if he defaults and you have to evict him, you keep that option fee and then you can actually go out and do it all over again, right? Yes, absolutely. But the reason I'm nervous about doing it all over again is because it's not in a great area. So I'm like, gotcha. I found the one tenant. I want him to stay. <laughs> I want him to be successful. Right. I don't want to have to show that property again. And I just have a feeling he's got a lot of half projects in there. So I, I just don't know what the condition of the house is in. But yeah, I put three grand down and I collected 14000 from him. So immediately I'm up like $11,000 plus my cash flow. So that was a great deal. And I would never have bought that house cash or with a, with a note, uh, unless it was seller financing because of the area. But with, again, with rent, with being able to do rent to own, I'll buy houses in like the C class areas, knowing I'm going to put one tenant in there and be done. I'm not going to do vacant. I'm not going to do maintenance. I'm not going to do repairs and there's going to be no vacancy. Hopefully. (laughs) I like it. And there was one more, right? I think Carl's Carl's been poking at the bad news. Yeah, so another deal. This was the one I sold with a partner. Um, We just underestimated rehab and underestimated um, the repairs that were needed. Didn't lose money on it or anything. I think I made like five grand. But we were going to do it. We bought it seller financing. We were going to just clean it and paint it and then make 20, 30K on the market. But we just really underestimated, and it really drug out um, and just wasn't as hopeful as we had thought. But luckily, I've been really fortunate to not do any bad deals. <laughs> so those are my worst two. So wh- one thing I did want to ask you about, and this is I, it's kind of attached to wins, but also to, to mindset and, and kind of giving back, was the community you're, you're part of and, and, and building. Can you talk us through um, kind of what you're doing in that space? Yeah, and actually, I just want to say, I take this back. I did an arbitrage for a midterm rental, and at the end of the year-long lease, I had a lot of trouble with the other tenant smoking. I just realized I won't ever do arbitrage again. I probably netted like $1,000 on that, and it was not worth worth the headache. Um, so that was my worst deal. But again, I wasn't out any money, so always own the real estate. Don't arbitrage because you're not in control of the other tenants. Um well, and there seems to be like a, a major, I don't know how much you follow the, the arbitrage community Big. right now for, for small and midterm rentals, but they are struggling. And I don't know if that's happening, you know, if you're seeing any anything in your particular market where things have slowed down pretty drastically as far as, you know, the short and midterm goes. But man, I, I listened to some of the, the horror stories. These people can't get out of their leases mm-hmm. and now they can't get anybody in there to make these lease payments for them and they're defaulting and... I mean, it's just nasty out there right now. So I agree with you. Own the real estate. Yeah. I would probably never do an arbitrage deal unless I was going to make like over $1,000 a month. Yeah, I like that form of uh, (laughs) protective thinking. And I've seen that recently as well, Kyle, that, uh, you know, the the people that have picked up 100 units or 10 units arbitraging and are now like, oh, hang on a minute, this lease is quite a lot every month mm-hmm. and I don't even own it. I'm just paying someone else, which is, is kind of crazy. Um, in terms of the community, Grace, and maybe this is a conversation we need to bring Amelia in as, as well on. Um, I'm going to poke for an invite uh, to Amelia and we can talk building communities down the line. But, but what, how did that come about and kind of what's the, the driver and the, the mission behind it? Yes. So we are co-founders, Amelia and I, of Women Invest in Real Estate, WIRE. 
And I posted 2021 in January that I wanted to start a women's meetup. And I had like one rental property. I actually don't think I even owned it. I think I was under contract. So I didn't even have any real estate besides my primary. So I really had no business like leading a women's meetup, but I decided to do it anyway. So I just brought people who knew what they were talking about and just, I organized it. And then that turned into doing retreats and courses and partnering with Amelia to do wire. And it's been absolutely amazing. We just got back from a retreat in Salt Lake City um, in this beautiful mansion in the mountains where we had 20 women from all over the U.S. come. Um, we did like masterminds and hot seats and different sessions and just the networking and learning from each other was insane. So definitely wouldn't be where I am without all the people I've met through WIRE. And if you're thinking about starting your own community or joining a community, I highly, highly, highly recommend great words uh, of advice i'd echo that we'll start a podcast kyle <laughs> grace i swear this mute this mute button's gonna kill every me. time never shut every the thing time. off fast enough <laughs> yeah don't do the podcast though that's a that's a giant pain in the butt thanks the, the editing part is just really, really <laughs> every time the editing grace what's the best way people <laughs> can get in touch with you yeah, so I think the best way to get in touch with me is on Instagram. I'm grace.investing. If you want to get in touch with Wire, you can follow us at wire.community with two eyes, or email us at hello at womeninvestinrealestate.com. Amazing. We'll put all that in the show notes um, for sure so people can easily connect with you. Um, grace, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's gone really quickly, and that's always the sign of a good conversation. I think um, I'd like to get you guys back on to, to talk community for sure. I think uh, that would be super interesting. Kyle, you, you interested in community? Yeah. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but we would love to. Grace, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Investories podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.